How's it guys? It's Amara Gaja and you're listening to My Futile Optimism. You are listening to me speak from one of the most renowned places in South Africa, um, Stellenbosch. I'm not with the Mafia. Um, I don't even know where the Stellenbosch Mafia lives, but I am here to visit a friend. And that friend is neither an Oppenheimer or a Rupert. And if they were, I would make that more publicly known because this life of hustling would not be necessary. So anyway, um, I am here in this area of the world and it's absolutely beautiful once you get past all the racism. Uh, <laughs> no, to be honest, it, the, the scenery is amazing and it's nice if you are like keeping to yourself with people who you know are not racist. Um, but that is not the point of this discussion because I am a bit distracted, which means that <laughs> I don't have the attention span to actually discuss issues of race and racism, except to say, don't be a racist. Um, one day we will return to this conversation. I am actually here to speak about the types of people that you meet at airports. Well, okay, meet is probably a very, like, <laughs> misleading term in this instance. So, obviously, I had to fly to Cape Town from Joburg, and I am just someone that really likes to watch and pay attention. And it sounds a bit creepy, and sometimes I picture myself in public, and I'm a bit, like, scared of my own self, because I'm being a bit weird. But I like to, like, just sit in silence sometimes, and just observe. I really, really like people watching. It's amazing. It's fascinating to me. Human beings are just, wow, incredible things. Um, And there is no better place to do that than an airport. You just see so many people. And that's why I said meat is probably misleading because it's not like I introduced myself to these people. I just stared at them and made assumptions about their lives from whatever I could tell um, on the expression, which is such a good social practice. You should all do that. Um, learn social skills from me, please. But actually what I realized is how many different people make decisions and how those decisions are obviously like informed by their personalities or whatever it is, but how many different ways they are to be as a human. Something as simple as going to the airport it seems like intuitively very obvious what the process would be. You go there, you give them your ID, your show, like you explain what flight you booked on. They give you a boarding pass or you tell them, no, I have my boarding pass on my email and I'm not going to print it because I would like to not contribute to the mass environmental degradation that is being caused by big corporations like Shell. Um, you, so you try, you know, you... <laughs> You try your, your your small little part to help make the environment a little bit better, hopefully, or at least prevent it from getting worse. Um, and then they tell you what gate to go. You go through security. Hopefully, you don't have any dangerous, dodgy stuff in your pockets that you forgot to take out, like a nail clipper. Um, and then you walk to the boarding gate and they announce your name. Oh, I lie. They don't always announce your name. They announce your flight. Um, if they announce your name, something has gone wrong. And then you try to get on the plane and you go. Like, sounds so simple. But in between, there are a lot of small random decisions that people make. And 
I just realized like how wonderful it is to notice all of these things. In most cases, there isn't a right and a wrong way of doing things. It's just reflective of, you know, what people prefer or what they are more comfortable with. Um, but I'm going to try and make some very scientifically inaccurate explanations for why people act certain ways at airports. Um, and all the sociologists can come after me and fight with me about it later on. But you get certain people who their names will be called at the airport, and that's because they're running late. And they're running late, but they checked in, and I mean, sometimes they even have their bags checked in already. But those bras are just like nowhere to be found. And then you'll hear your name on the intercom thing, um, which is not, you know like a celebrity shout out but is actually quite scary because it means you have to run and running is terrifying also you have to run and other people staring at you that's two things that are just not a vibe but anyway as someone who stares at other people i should not be this harsh on staring um but yeah then you get other people who arrive like two three hours earlier smelly brown parents um and they just sit there and they wait but like they have like the sense of calm about them where they know that they arrived there before the pilot even woke up and they don't mind. They will even go warm up the engine if they need to. Those people have their lives in order. Like those are the people that always show up early and they make the rest of us look bad, obviously. But I mean, they are happy in their little over-eager bubble um, and none of us late people can pop that. To be fair though, I'm not really a late person when it comes to flying. I'm very much like on time, like not a minute earlier, not a minute later. Like I'm very comfortable in the middle sort of average type of passenger, which I think is probably similar to like how I am socially as well. I consider myself an introverted extrovert, which means I really do love human beings and I love engaging with human beings, but my energy does deplete quite quickly. So while I'm talking to someone, if I'm having a great conversation, like now when I talk to myself and hope that other human beings just listen to me ramble, I'm very energized. But once I'm done, yo, then like I must go nap or I must go spend like 10 years in nature and just, you know, relaxing. Um, so yeah, I think I'm pretty much in the middle in terms of like my socializing or my capacity to socialize. And that is how I am as a passenger. I don't think I'm annoying. I don't think I am too boring. I think I am not too cheery. I'm not like, yeah, this is going to be the best flight ever. And then all the tellers are like, you irritating. Um, but I'm also not like, Ugh, please, can you just weigh my bag properly? I'm not like that either. Um, I'm very lukewarm, I think, which is something that's like palatable for most people. So that is also the type of passenger that I am. Um, you also do get human beings who, as I am busy checking in at a decent time, are busy looking for a flight that will be as cheap as possible. And like just sitting on the website, literally as they walk to the airport. Um, you do get those people who are waiting for any sort of discount. And I, to be honest, I understand. In this economy... I do understand waiting you know, as long as possible to find a flight that is like even 500 rand cheaper because ooh, you need that 500 rand to go buy a chappy. Um, but yeah, I think what's also nice to watch is people who come like to the airport and they are a kit 
it's oh, it's I mean I fit into a similar bracket I think of those who are there like five hours earlier because you know they woke up early to make sure that their outfit was coordinated they have all the matching colors they have like oh best sneakers on and they are just ready they are ready to look fly <laughs> um and that is a level of commitment to appearance that I can only admire from afar because you also get me who looks like I just woke up like 10 minutes before I was meant to leave and now I'm like rushing to shower and also put on enough clothes um, that I look decent. Decent enough to not be like looked at twice. Um, that's, yeah, that's it. And then you get other people who literally look like they wish they could have checked in their mattress with them. And I also don't blame them. Um, but there are things called sleeping bags. You can try one of those. Air mattresses are a thing as well. And just don't even, don't even kid yourself, right? Just, just wear the pajama set that you were wearing when you woke up five minutes after you were meant to leave. I understand it completely. <laughs> it's just so much fun to watch because a lot of those people do carry like the confidence of someone who has a hakit outfit. And I guess that's maybe because like some of them are wearing matching pajama sets. And that does take a lot of effort. So I do appreciate people that wear matching pajamas. Thank you. And thank you for alerting us to that fact. Um, people don't get enough praise for it. As someone who wears mismatched pajamas all the time, I'm, I'm, I'm quite, I mean, I'm impressed by your commitment to sleep. I also just really like watching people who are getting their bags from baggage claim. Now, if it was up to me, I would never, ever, ever have a bag to check in. But I would literally just carry hand luggage wherever I go. But I am very irritating in that I need to be sure that I'm not going to be stranded. I need to have, like, outfits for every type of possible weather. And in South Africa, that means you must pack kilograms worth of clothing so I have to have like oh, I have to have a bag checked in if I'm going for like longer than two days so not ideal but I, I am now quite familiar with the baggage claim carousel which is amazing it is so much fun to be honest it is criminal that kids are made to stand outside baggage claim carousels and are never ever allowed to sit on them to see where it goes ever as a kid that's all I wanted I, I didn't even care about the plane don't give me a plane ride I want to sit on that carousel and see what happens when I go inside those flaps and then see how long it takes me to come back to the other side that's all I want in life really it's very simple to please kids so I would probably after this podcast episode start a petition about allowing kids to go on the baggage claim carousel. So anyway, while I obviously was not allowed to sit on the carousel this time, um, I was privy to a first row seat at watching my brother try to get one of those airport trolleys out of the rest of the stack. Um, I don't know why, because our bags do have wheels. He was just being very extra. So I literally watched him try three different trolleys and try to remove them from their like rows. They were so nicely packed, guys. They were so nicely packed and he tried number one, got stuck, did not work. And I just watched him like try to pull the thing out of the, the row as hard as he possibly could. 
And I first was like, shame. Let me not embarrass him. Let me not make it obvious that I saw. Then I watched him move to the second trolley and the same thing happened. And by then I was like, no, man, this is not even... This guy had like a full-on fight with a trolley. Um, and he tried the third one and it didn't even work. And then eventually number four worked. Um, but it was... It, it wasn't as exhilarating as it would be to sit on the carousel. But I guess it was as close as it gets. And there is nothing like being dumb in front of an entire terminal. So I'm really glad that my brother took the fall on, on, on that one. And, you know, provided everyone some much needed entertainment. <laughs> I think even once you get on the plane, though, there are different personalities that show up. You get that person that is trying to make besties on the aeroplane as if it's like a primary school excursion road trip and you have to make sure you talk to someone on the bus because you're going to be lonely for like three hours if you don't that is how some people take it um, on aeroplanes and I mean it's cute to watch I do admire the confidence also could never be me like you some people just have this innate ability to be homies with everyone they meet and it's incredible to be honest i'm describing my mom here um she will literally take like some chappies with her on the plane and then offer it to like the six people around her and all of a sudden by the end of that trip they are more like her child than i am (laughs) no i'm kidding um but they like often end up exchanging numbers and they're like oh yeah we must hang out and they follow each other on social media and i'm just like how did you have enough time to convince someone to be friends with you in two hours? Like, I am on episode I don't even know, and I'm still trying to convince people to be friends with me. So, I should probably do an episode with my mom, and she can explain to us exactly how she's getting all of this um, popularity. But you also get people on the plane who are just like, no, I'm here for business, do not talk to me, I have a briefcase. And if you come near to me... I will throw the briefcase at you. I was going to say I will detonate this briefcase, but I'm a bit scared of making these types of jokes for obvious reasons. The signs on airports, for one, that say do not make jokes about bombs and explosives. Um, I am obviously very, very much aware of the fact that I wear a headscarf and I am of the Muslim faith. And that obviously makes you a target for stereotyping and racial profiling. Um, But on a local level, I think maybe it's a bit better uh, I know internationally people to, you know, get thrown into interrogations and stuff. And I've only ever seen that in movies and it always looks horrible. I also distinctly remember the scene from the Pink Panther when Jacques Clouseau is smuggling <laughs> McDonald's burgers, cheeseburgers in his pockets. And then the police dogs are like having a field day on him. So that is not something that I want to happen to me. And I mean, that's why like, I will not even try to make jokes about bombs and explosives in an airport. It's also like a traumatic type of a joke. Like, it's not funny. Um, yeah, there's some things that are just off limits, you know. But anyway, I remember on a trip back home from Durban a while ago, I went to the kawaii shop and I was so ready to have a smoothie. And my favorite smoothie at kawaii is a peanut butter bomb. Don't ask me why they haven't changed the name in an, in the airport specifically. I literally had to look the cashier in his eyes and say, Hi, sir. Please 
May I have a peanut butter bomb? Uh, that, yo, guys. Honestly, if you are listening to this, King Shaka International Airport, I hope you have changed the name of that item on your kawaii menu because, yo, I was sweating. My heart rate was through the roof. It felt like I had ran the whole length of the airport just because I wanted to order something that was called a bomb. Basically, what I'm trying to say is, please know your audience. This is the importance of knowing your audience and reading the room. In this case, the room is an airport terminal that is very sensitive to bomb jokes. And my joke was a bomb. Um, (laughs) Anyway, back to people who are on planes. So if you are late and always miss your flight, this part is not for you because you have not yet seen the inside of a plane. Um, but yeah, people who make it onto the plane, you do get those who are, you know, not ready to talk to anyone, not even to the AOSTS. And like when the AOSTS asks them, would you like something to drink? And they just like glare at them. Yo, I, I don't know. AOSTS is, is the plural of AOSTS, AOSTSs. I feel like it should be AOSTI. No, now this word just sounds dumb. Whew. Anyway, the host times multiple um those people have so much patience and it's just incredible to work in a job that you literally cannot leave because you are stuck in the air there's nothing you can do you can't quit in the heat of the moment you can't have a fight with your boss because where are you gonna go and you can't anger the pilot because that dude can kick you out of the emergency exit i know that that's why they teach you the training um it's a very stressful job a very very stressful job and now you must also push that trolley and carry like a tray while you're experiencing some turbulence the amount of balance that you need honestly you should have probably been a gymnast you also do again get the middle category which is me i think i try to bother people as little as possible And not because everything that I do is annoying, although some people will probably agree, but I just, I don't like inconveniencing people. Now we're already like, I don't know, kilometers in the air and I must also irritate you. Like, you know why you got time for that? So I try to be very obliging and very easygoing. And I'm also acutely aware of the fact that I need everyone around me to behave in order to get to the destination. So I try to set the tone by behaving myself. But that means that like that little button that you press when you want to call the air stairs, I have never pressed that ever. Um, I've never actually gone to the bathroom to use the bathroom in an airplane. I've looked at the bathroom because my mom was like, you need to see how this thing looks. Um, looks crazy more out of disbelief than functional use. But I've never actually used it because that would mean asking a lot of people to excuse me. And I don't like that. I don't like that. And that is my social anxiety talking. But I try to shrink as small as possible. I really don't want to disturb anyone. Also, as much as I'm going on about being the middle, I hate sitting in the middle. Obviously, everybody does. I don't think anyone has a preference except for sitting by the window. And if you enjoy a seat that is not the window seat, I'm very concerned. And there are some numbers of people I have that you can speak to, but you should get that checked out because I don't think that that is acceptable in the society that we live in today. Personally, I will I will shame you for your choices, if that is the choice that you make, to not sit next to the window. I am obsessed with the window. It's amazing. 
And sitting in the middle seat is kind of like being the third person on a narrow pavement and you must walk behind everyone else. That, I mean, that's exactly what it is. No one really wants you there, but they need you to be there so that the plane can actually leave because otherwise the plane won't make enough money and then they won't get to the destination. But you are what is called a samgekom. But yeah, trying to be as obliging as possible has meant that often I will freeze in an aeroplane and that's not ideal. But somehow feeling a little bit cold is better than (laughs) being looked at as the irritating person that everyone is stuck with for the next few hours. Then The main thing about planes and airports in general that I really don't understand is this distinction between the ultra-rich and the okay-ish, middle-class-ish, rich-ish. And it's weird because, I mean, it smells like classism, but also because we will literally get to the destination at the exact same time time literally you will not arrive there earlier because you are in the front of the plane in fact the people who are sitting nearer to the first wheels of the plane will arrive there first because the wheels touch down first if you did a nosedive that would mean you crashed so i don't understand and this is not to encourage aeroplanes to start putting people in first class in the middle of the plane i'm not saying that i'm just saying the concept of being first class is stupid also it's literally called a class guys (sighs) Oh my gosh, planes need to be decolonized and they, they need to be, they need to be socialized, to be honest, they need to become a collective area and I don't know how that's going to happen, but it would be so cool if the whole plane was more like a limousine where everyone faced each other. And I know that that's more fun because I say that from experience of watching movies where there's a limousine. Anyway, it's the fact that this classism is like kind of subtle, that's very irritating. Rather be obvious, you know, rather be overt. I don't know if anyone listening to this has watched Soul Plane, but if you haven't, please watch it. It's with Snoop Dogg and it's probably the most incredible cinematic masterpiece that I've ever seen. It has not won Oscars as far as I know. It has not won any of the commercially known awards, but... It has won the award in my heart for being the most accurate representation of how flights actually feel. Um, So you need to watch that and you need to let me know if you watch it because I'm pretty sure only like 10 of us in the world have seen this movie and 9 of those are probably Snoop Dogg and I'm the other one. So yeah, let me know if you ever do get to watch that movie. (laughs) But I mean, maybe I am being too harsh on rich people. I'm kidding, totally. There is no such thing as being too harsh on rich people. But they are not the only ones who are very eager and, you know, somehow think that they will arrive to a destination first. They are those people who will literally stand in the queue before the boarding gates open. And I'm so sure that the people working for the airlines are just like, yo, can these guys just sit down? Like, once you stand up and form a line, even if it's an hour before the flight takes off, Suddenly, the people from the airline must also start being nice to you and pretend like you are not being forward for no reason. But that is exactly what you're being. Why would you stand up on purpose to stand in a line that does not need to be a line, but is a line because you have started the line and is now going to be like half an hour long? You literally complain about home affairs for doing that exact same thing to you. And now you have the power You are empowered to make the decision of when the queue actually begins. 
and you choose to emulate home affairs. So either you have Stockholm Syndrome, or you have never actually realized just how dumb you are being. But I am letting you know now, and perhaps you will change your behavior and actually sit down until like five minutes before boarding, and then everyone can just walk in freely, and you don't have to stand there and look grumpy, because you could have watched an entire episode of your Netflix show, or listened to this podcast episode, in the time that you were standing there, staring with a random person who works at an airline. Any freaking way. I think that airports are a nice microcosm of the rest of the society that we live in. And, I mean, obviously, inherently, air travel is a classist activity. And I'm aware that even the things I'm discussing are very classed things. Um, I do hope that it will become more accessible in future because there is something incredible about air travel. And I think it's the possibility that you feel when you get onto an aeroplane. Obviously, you can't be in two different places at once. And always starting a journey is just incredible, but specifically on an aeroplane. And that's obviously because, you know, you go so high into the clouds, you don't really see the environment around you change. But by the time you get to see buildings again, you know that it's a completely different place than the one that you were just in. And that's different to trains, and that's different obviously to cars, and that's obviously different to walking. Um, But it's also really magical. There's something really incredible about being plunged into the clouds where you literally can't see a thing. And, I mean, maybe you bump a few birds here and there, but eventually you start descending into a brand new horizon. That's really, really incredible. It's a really wonderful and beautiful activity. And that's why I hope it becomes more accessible. Obviously, it will obviously... Obviously, it will obviously... Wow. Talk about a point that's very obvious. Um, Obviously, it will make things easier for families who live in different countries. And it'll just be, you know, part of allowing humans to interact with more of society. And that's a great thing, always. There always is more opportunity when you are able to access air travel. So... I hope that it does, you know, become something that's more commonplace. But I think whoever is lucky enough to travel from now already, just to, while you are staring at people like I do, just take a moment and understand how special the actual journey is. And this is going to sound very cliche, and I hope you haven't put this podcast off yet, but... It really is the journey. It's always about the journey. And that doesn't mean your destination can be absolutely crap. But it does mean that understanding that you are going somewhere. That things are moving forward. That you can experience a totally different environment than the one you were in. That That's a beautiful concept. And maybe in terms of life... We don't get that perspective enough because you can't really figuratively go up into the clouds and return to a different space. But maybe we need to figure out a way to do that more because life is not really as stagnant as it feels. Sometimes we think we are stuck in a situation and there's no way out and it feels like it will carry on like that forever. But often what happens is 
we will metaphorically get into a plane and transcend whatever's going on and return to a completely different situation. And often we will feel completely differently. And that is really hopeful. That's a really inspiring aspect of being a human, that things can literally change at any moment. And I'm very aware that things can change for the worse. But that concept of things never being fixed, things never being over, that's incredible. And it's really empowering, I guess, because sometimes we feel so held to whatever's around us and whatever we can see and feel in our immediate vicinity. But to be honest, there's a whole lot more out there. And most of the time, there is a way for us to get there. It's just about finding it. Sometimes you are it. So here's to us and here's to hope.